Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, my fellow morning lovers, wherever and whenever you're tuning in from. Today is Tuesday, December 12th, 2023, and this is episode 22 of the Living with Freedom show. I am Amber S., bringing to you a vision of what living a life of freedom can look like physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, and in everyday life. And this show is brought to you by Living with Freedom Ministries, an unincorporated private church and ministry where I help people discover and fulfill their God-given purpose, specifically through the creation of their own private ministries. And if you enjoy the Living with Freedom show or any of the Living with Freedom ministry activities, I encourage you to check out the How to Win in Court course at bit.ly ly backslash lwf hyphen how to win or how to win in court dot com question mark refer code equals s h zero zero two four and for the word of the day I'm actually gonna deviate a little bit because I've been doing a lot of research on something that is actually really important for us to understand. And it's got a couple different names. Um, I'm going to pull up my other note um, note sheet here because it's called the Multiple Hats Doctrine or the Many Hats Doctrine. I've also seen the Two Hats Doctrine and <laughs> really a few other names. Um, it's also got the name, let me scroll here, dual capacity doctrine. And why it's so relevant, I hope going to really make itself known. I got a little creative today too. I don't normally like AI. And yet, (laughs) and yet, I use Ecosia for my browser. I don't use Google. Um, Hopefully for you guys, listening that's an obvious reason why I just don't like to be tracked and so anyways I did a search on this and at the very bottom of the first search page it recommended using their AI chat option so I'm going to play with it you know because I'm curious and all I did was type in multiple hats doctrine and I'm going to read verbatim what it says and it's quite interesting I also thought the last part here was kind of surprising, a little weird. So hopefully you'll 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 pick up what I'm putting down. So what Ecosia's AI chat feature says as the multiple hats doctrine is this: the multiple hats doctrine, also known as the dual capacity doctrine, is a legal principle that allows a person or entity to be treated as having multiple roles or capacities 
in a particular situation. This doctrine recognizes that a person or entity can have different legal or lawful responsibilities and liabilities depending on the capacity in which they are acting. And I'll, I'm going to pause here for a minute because as I'm doing research on this, I'm finding that a lot of the examples given are very much in the corporate world, especially involving owners or directors, CEOs, things like that, as well as like hiring and firing um, and who has these different roles, um, things to do with finance um, and businesses. So it was just really interesting that so far a lot of the information that's coming up is in that world of, of focus. And yet we know that as a parent or especially as a single parent, we often joke about, you know, I'm wearing, you know, I wear many hats. Like, we're a chauffeur, we're a cook, we're a cleaner, you know, all of these different things. And so the the philosophy and the concept of the multiple hats doctrine is actually really simple. And I say this all the time, too, that, you know, you as a person, you might be a parent, um, a child, you might be a sibling, a coworker, a friend, you are all these different things, and yet you are still you. You are one man or woman, and you wear these many hats throughout your life. But someone who is not your child, for instance, would not address you as parent because that's not the hat that you wear with that other person. So anyways, I'm going to go on and continue reading what Ecosia's AI chat says about the multiple hats doctrine. It also says, for example, if it's if a corporate officer or director also serves as a trustee for a trust, the multiple hats doctrine would recognize that they have separate legal duties and obligations in each role. This means that they may be held accountable for their actions or decisions in one capacity while not necessarily being held accountable in another. And I appreciate that because, again, like as I'm going to speak from my experience, like, I'm a mom, but I'm also not going to treat my own mother like I would treat my son, or vice versa, um, you know, and all these different things. So it makes sense that we are treated differently depending on the capacity in which we're acting. It also goes on to say, it's important to note that the application of the multiple hats doctrine can vary depending on the specific jurisdiction and circumstances involved. If you have specific legal questions or need more information, yada, yada. Here's the last part that I thought was quite interesting about this AI chat response. Um, If you're interested in exploring more about legal principles and doctrines, you may find it helpful to visit these reputable, reputable legal websites, blah, blah, blah. So I'm like, okay, I copied it. Recommend resources on dual capacity doctrine. Here's where it gets funny, you guys. The chat said, certainly, while I don't have access to the internet to provide some links or specific links, I can suggest some reliable resources where you can find information on the dual capacity doctrine. 
I am so confused by this answer, and maybe someone who understands AI better than I do can help. How does an AI chat not have access to the Internet? How? And how could it have pulled up that answer without having access to the Internet? It just doesn't quite make sense. So I found that a little bit hinky as I was I was I was exploring this. Um, and I'm not going to go into the specific resources it suggests, but it did point me in the direction of three main categories of resources. It includes legal textbooks, and in that category, I would include Black's Law Dictionary. Yes, it's a dictionary, but it has to do with law definitions and the definitions that the law basically uses or the legal system uses. So that's one resource that you've heard me use every single week just about when I'm doing my word of the day. So if you want to understand the legalese and the jargon that people are using, definitely get yourself a free PDF copy of any version of Black's Law Dictionary. The main that I use is the 1990 edition and really the only reason I use that edition is it's easier for me to search for certain words in that PDF than some of the other ones because some of the other ones were saved in a way that each page of the dictionary is more like a JPEG where you can't actually highlight or search words. It's like an image. So really that's the only reason I use the 1990 edition so much. I could honestly go find a better, I shouldn't say better, it's not like they're better or worse, <laughs> um, an older edition to be able to cross-reference, but, um, you know, this works and it really gives us a solid taste of what we're looking at. So um, it also recommends legal journals and articles. Um, there's quite a few sort of depends on what on what flavor um, and like what perspective of law you want to look at. Every law school is going to have a different, you know, perspective. A lot of people are moving away from Harvard because of recent events with their president and things like that, which I've not really been following. Honestly, I don't follow much stuff in the mainstream news because it's all a distraction and you know, <laughs> a distraction from what's really going on anyways. So whatever you choose to use, consider if the source has a bias. If you can go to the direct source, which would be the laws themselves, specifically constitutional law, that would be awesome. Um, going to common law is a little bit more difficult for finding out resources I find because even in common law it seems like there's this whitewashed um, public domain statutory perspective on it and then there's what I call truth with a capital T how it really is um, at least how it's really supposed to be because even in our country we know our government and our systems are not working the way they're supposed to be but they are. They do have some functions that they're doing right now, regardless of whether they're supposed to be that way or not. So just look for bias. Double and triple check your resources. 
The third one they recommend is law school libraries. And again, you can find quite a bit of that kind of stuff online or through um, different schools. You can also, I believe, Hillsdale College online. They have quite a bit of free content, um, so definitely consider that one. And I, I love that they reiterate, you know, always a good idea to consult with a legal professional. And the reason I find that comical, if you guys haven't picked up yet, I'm not saying all lawyers are bad or good. But what I am saying is that lawyers, nine times out of ten, or even like 99 times out of 100, are bar association attorneys. They've been fed a certain perspective of law in all of the law schools across this country, except maybe Hillsdale College. And their first oath is to the the bar association. And then the second is to, um, you know, the, the state and statutory law. And then third, finally, is to their client's rights. So when you realize that you're getting pushed down on the totem pole of the hierarchy of law, what I should say is the true hierarchy of law, you realize that they're not actually going to be working for you. And this is where I come in. Part of my purpose is to help us understand that we can and really need to take back these rights ourselves. There are people out there teaching how to win in court without a lawyer. People are teaching how to write affidavits and notice and demands. Um, and all of these different things. We need to be taking time and really diving deep into this stuff ourselves. Maybe your your purpose, though, and your mission is to learn about the history, true history. Uh, you know, and that's your avenue of helping serve in the world. So I'm not saying this way is the only way or the right way. It is a way, though in a really important way as we start to see more and more people being challenged for asserting and defending their rights. All right, I'm going to run, or run, (laughs) hop back over here to my show notes. Um, I would say one bit of homework for you guys for this week for like a word of the week. I would love if you do download, and I recommend it, If you do download Black's Law Dictionary, pick a random page. Literally, there's like 1,670 pages in the 1990 edition that I have. And type in a random number from, you know, 1 to 1,670 and study one word in Black's Law Dictionary. And I would love, I would love to see social media start to blow up with what word you chose, what it means, and what its significant is significance <laughs> is to you. So if I can invite you to do one thing, I would love that. And especially if you could tag Freedomizer Radio on this or like hashtag living with freedom, that would be even more fun because then it it gets this community talking about things that matter in our lives, things that, you know, impact us. We don't need to just be keyboard warriors if it's not serving a purpose. So let's use this technology for the advancement of our knowledge and our wisdom and spreading truth with a capital T. 
something else that some people might choose to do in Sub Black Thought Dictionary is if you're, you know, if you're in ministry and you've been reading your Bible front to back like I have every single day without outside influence, maybe what you do is share a verse of the day or a chapter of the day um, or just a story and share what it means to you. These are the things that we can start to do to boost, (laughs) really just boost um, integrity and morality on social media. I mean, some of the things you see when you're scrolling Facebook reels or TikTok or, or anywhere where you see those short form videos, it's mind boggling how how not mindful people really seem to be, especially with the short form video. I hate to I hate to say it, but it really does seem like it's the dumbing down of America and it's just so incredibly depressing. And I don't want us to fall into that that energy and that mindset of feeling depressed at how the state of things are. Let's do something about it. And what we can do is share truth. And each of us has a different piece of truth that we're meant to share, whether it's from scriptures, whether it's from law, whether it's, you know, how to homestead or whatever, whatever our piece of truth is, how to prep, how to be a prepper, you know, all of that kind of stuff. We have the ability to share. And I would venture to say it's really our sacred duty to fulfill our higher purpose in life, our God-given purpose. To share what we know. If we're selfish and we keep that knowledge to ourselves, we're not advancing the kingdom of heaven on earth. And really then, what's the point? All right. So that is the word of the day. It's not really a word. It's a a doctrine. And to do a little bit more digging for yourself, some of the names it has is multiple hats doctrine, many hats doctrine, Two Hats Doctrine and Dual Capacity Doctrine. I'm not sure I know of a single concept, philosophy, doctrine that has as many names as this one seems to have. But definitely do some digging into it and think about, we can take this on a whole philosophical level. I'm not going to today because we do have a special guest. Maybe we'll do it on a different day, but think about the impact that all of these different hats we wear, think about the impact they have on our lives. And are there any that we feel obligated to wear, but we don't choose to wear? Um, sometimes these hats feel forced on us when if we had our choice, we wouldn't wear it. These are things that we can start to think about on our path to freedom. And we'll actually start to touch on this a little bit because we're talking about integrity, talking about standing firm on our liberties and our faith. Um, So we're going to do a little transition here. I see our guest is in the waiting room. So you know that I, for our regular listeners, that I usually share a holiday of the day. But I'm going to hold off on that because 
has given this fun duty to our our guest who's going to be joining us today. And our guest, he lives in Los Alamos, New Mexico, with his wife and three daughters. And honestly, man, that is a lot of estrogen. I might have to ask him a little bit about how he does it. <laughs> Just kidding. Anyways, our guest owned and operated a general construction company in San Diego, California. And then after losing his job working as a security lieutenant for security at a Department of Energy nuclear laboratory over the COVID vax mandate, he started Safe Haven Homestead, a private ministerial association with his wife in late 2022. On these days, he's been running Safe Haven Homestead and trying to live freely ever since. So without further ado, let's welcome my friend and ministry member, Josh. Let me get you unmuted there. All right, Josh, can can you hear us? I can. Awesome. It's working. (laughs) Well, welcome. (laughs) Thank you so much for hopping on with me today. It's been a long time since we've gotten to chat. Not a problem. I, I, I appreciate the invoice, and I'm, I'm very happy to be here. Been been excited about joining you today for, for a couple of days now. Awesome. Glad to hear it. So, like, how have things been going since all of this stuff went down, especially since you started your ministry? Um, I'm really excited to, you know, just get a little intro on, on where things have been at for you. Well... You know, first and foremost, I have to say that God had his hands in everything. Um, you know, we, we can try to take as much credit for, for all the the accomplishments or, or whatnot that we have, but ultimately it, it's it's a God thing. Um, when when the, my employer came out and started mandating um, the vaccine and everything, I my wife and I had a conversation and said that that was going to be that was going to be our line in the sand. And when the day came that, uh, actually the day that uh, they came out, it was uh, October 15th uh, with the mandate that we had to be vaccinated by, it was also the day that we uh, got our, uh, um, our decision from the judge about our um, injunction about the mandate. And uh, unfortunately, the injunction failed, so we went, we went out of work. There was a number of us. But, um, you know, it, it was a... It was a weight lifted off my shoulder, and um, I, I really had to put my faith in God and, and what, he, what he had planned for, for mine and my wife's life. And uh, that's when I ended up hearing about um, the, the whole PMA thing, uh, private membership associations and the ministries and, and whatnot. And I started, you know, looking into it, and then I actually reached out to you. And, um, you know, we ended up getting our documents written. And ever since then, I mean, sure, we have our ups and downs. But in the grand scheme of things, it was one of the best decisions that we had made. Wow. I am so incredibly glad to hear that. And it's, I love hearing that perspective from you because you're right. I mean, there's divine timing in everything. And I don't mm-hmm. believe in coincidences anymore. I believe it's all divine synchronicity that, you know, it's it's that cheesy line when one door opens, another closes, kind of thing, or, you know, when God closes the door, he opens the window kind of thing. It's, it's 
so incredible that when we start to step out in faith, how mm-hmm. those, you know, blessings and miracles just happen at exactly the right time that we need them. I agree. I agree. It's 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 in, it's incredible uh, to to witness that on on first and second hand basis. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Well, let me before we get too far in the conversation, let me um, pause so we can hit our first commercial break, and then after the break, I would love to hear um, what you picked for the holiday that we are going to talk about because. I have a lot of fun doing it, and hopefully you had some fun taking the holiday and are ready to share that when we get the test. Sounds good. All right, sounds good. We'll be right back. One <laughs> Collectively Rewilding is an online forum for learning, sharing, and teaching the skills needed to enhance our experience in the natural world. We're looking for the best mentors, guides, and instructors who can teach a variety of natural skill sets. If you've got something to share, we have the platform to help you make a difference for free. If you are more interested in learning and expanding your abilities in nature, please join us as a member to explore the world of rewilding. Join us at www.collectivelyrewilding.com today. Please check out the Barefoot is Legal radio show right here on Saturdays, 1.30 p.m. to 3 p.m. Eastern Time, that is 10.30 a.m. to noon Pacific Time, as we show you all about your barefoot rights and living a barefoot lifestyle. And for more information about the 501c3 nonprofit Barefoot is Legal, please check out barefootislegal.org. Delivering the truth and exposing the lies. Join Ross and myself every Thursday night at 7.30 p.m. until 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time while we deliver the truth about what's really going on in the world. You don't want to miss our shows. See you then. Hey everyone, come check out the Proof Negative Radio Show here on FreedomizerRadio.com Monday through Thursday, 9 p.m. to midnight Eastern, 6 p.m. to 9 p.m. on the Pacific Coast as we fight the New World Order and rock the health freedom world together. We talk a lot about the kingdom here, and we talk a lot about what most churches are afraid to talk about or don't even know to talk about, which is what the first century church was really doing. But just talking about it is not enough. We encourage everybody to join us uh, in their local neighborhoods, in their local communities, to find out more about what they can do to seek the kingdom of God and His righteousness gather with others who are already starting this road or starting to turn around and do things differently. Join us on thelivingnetwork.org or at hisholychurch.org. Go to the network links or go to preparingyou.com. Join the network there 
It's all the same. And we'll try to hook you up with people in your local area. They will not be perfect. They don't walk on water. They are not necessarily saints. But they are talking about seeking the kingdom of God and His righteousness. And join us on Facebook. Facebook.com, His Holy Church, all one word. Join us there. We'll give you updates so you can start doing some studying and thinking about these things and start looking into these things for yourselves. But... It's just not enough to sit and listen or to talk about or to say. You must become a doer of the Word. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, wherever and whenever you're tuning in from, my fellow Liberty lovers. This is Amber S. from Living with Freedom Ministries, reminding you to tune in on Tuesdays at 2 p.m. Central, noon Pacific Time, for the Living with Freedom show, where we'll embrace what living with freedom can look like physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, and in everyday life. That's 2 p.m. Central, noon Pacific, here on Freedomizer Radio. All right, welcome back, Josh. And I'm making sure that we get the audio back. Now, Josh, I invited you to pick a holiday that is relevant and has significant meaning to you and I got to speak at what you chose, and honestly, I love how you took this offer and rolled with it and made it your own. Would you care to share first about what um, National Pearl Harbor Day of Remembrance means to you? Um, and just FYI for the listeners, um, if you recall, I did this last month where I went with a different day's holiday than the options listed for that day's call. And so I love the focus on relevance over just randomness. Well, you asked me what uh, what holiday really really speaks out around the time that we were going to do this uh, this interview, and one of the days that I feel just doesn't get remembered anymore um, would be December seventh, nineteen forty one. Um, I know Facebook ends up flooding um, you know a bunch of of uh, pictures and remembrances, but. The attack on Pearl Harbor was, I, in my opinion, um, a very critical day in our history. Um, sure, there was a lot of other critical days leading up to that, you know, the you know, July 4th and whatnot. But I think that um, December 7th with Pearl Harbor was the first time that America was was humbled in a way. Um, you know, we, we were trying to do our best at the time to, to remain neutral in the uh, World War II scene at the time. And, um, you know, when, when the Japanese decided to, to pick a fight, um, it, it really, I think it's, it, it was humbling to a lot of people. Um, and then on the flip side of that, um, I would say probably similar to 9-11, December 8th, I mean, I wasn't alive then, but I would venture to say that December 8th was also a big day where America came together. Um, You know, we had just had a major attack on, you know, one of our largest fleets that we had at the time, and an attack on our sovereignty. And after that, America came together and said, nope, we're not going to take this, and and we we stood up for ourselves. Um, And I think that those are some, some interesting things that we can look at even in today about how we came and unified uh, after that. And again, um, I would say that another holiday that kind of goes neck and neck with this would be December, or December, I'm sorry, September 11th, and more so September 12th. 
Um, Because, again, September 11th Mm -hmm. was a horrible day, but September 12th, again, we we came together. There, There, it was... We came together as a nation and came together to to help each other, um, you know, with, with the different sites that were attacked, and then also came together to to fight evil, basically, um, regardless of, of what uh, conspiracy theory you may believe around the, the September 11th um, tragedy uh, attack. Uh, the fact of the matter is, is that it happened, and um, in a lot of ways, we, we, we stepped up. And we, we did what we needed to do. And it was a very big patriotic day. And unfortunately, I just, I miss seeing that. <laughs> um, as a veteran, I, I miss seeing that. So those, those are kind of my, my day or days that, uh, that I picked. Yeah. And I, I, love, I love the meaning that, they, that you brought to them. And it is, it's, it's a different take and a different perspective, and one that I think we all would really benefit from remembering is that, yes, September 11th, yes, December 7th, days were days of big tragedy and humility and chaos, so many unknowns, um, and also, I'm glad that you mentioned, you know, regardless of what caused it to happen, it still happened. I love that. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> I love even more, though, the focus on the day after. Because, yeah, that is really where we showed our true colors as Americans, as as humans. Um, mm-hmm. You know, September 12th, everyone became a neighbor again. And, you know, we all became a community, and it broke down the barriers that, you know, all these categories that we put ourselves into as humans. And I, you know, from from a biological perspective, I do sort of understand this categorizing because, you know, as, as, you know, regardless of what we believe, it's like cavemen, like, in, in the past, we had to categorize safe versus unsafe. And that was the category. Mm-hmm. And, you know, unless we're very conscious about not categorizing, it's something that's kind of second nature. And yet those two days, and there were more in history, but these two specifically in modern history, yeah, really were defining moments about breaking down those barriers and those categories and making us all remember that we're human. So... I, I, I agree. I agree. Um, and I putting you a little bit on the spot because I know you share that you're a veteran. Um, is there anything with that that you feel might be relevant to share about why these days are important to you? Like any experiences or perspectives that maybe shifted from before you were, um, you know, before you served to how you feel now? Um, well, I would say that the um, what happened on September 11th, and then again the the positive aspects that happened on September 12th, that's actually what drove me uh, to join the military. So I was I was a freshman in high school um, when September 11th happened. You know, as many others that are probably listening, you know, I, I remember where I was, where I saw everything happen, and um, 
come December, I'm sorry, September 12th, it was, you, you seen the president come on and, and, and start, you know, threatening and saying that we're going to do something to retaliate against this. And I wanted to be a part of that. Um, so several years later, obviously, once I graduated high school and, and whatnot, um, I, I decided to join the Army specifically. Um, and it was such a – I was so – there wasn't anything that was going to change my mind to the point that my recruiter at the time um, actually told me, based on what I was going to be doing in the Army, he told me which unit I was going to and the fact that within a year after getting back from basic training that my unit was up and was going to be deploying. Didn't know where, didn't know what our mission was going to be, but before I even signed on the dotted line, he made it perfectly clear that that was what was going to happen, and I said, cool, <laughs> you know, let's let's do it. Wow. Um, and how I feel then versus how I feel today, um, you know, for a while, uh, I had considered uh, when, when the, the vaccine mandate and everything had come out, there was a part of me that's like, well, maybe I'll just go back and reenlist, you know, um, work on my retirement. But unfortunately for me personally, so I, I only speak for myself, um, based on current mm-hmm. events, um, especially with our commander in chief, you know, that, that I, I couldn't see myself and, and my wife was uh, very, very strong in her emphasis on this that, you know, we didn't trust him. We didn't trust the way that our current leaders in our country were taking our country. And Absolutely. so why was I going to sign uh, on the dotted line and give up however many years that contract said of my life to potentially further uh, their agenda? Um, so I, uh, a big thing was is the, uh, when Biden did the uh, evacuation out of Bagram. Um, that's where I was deployed. Uh, the facility that I worked at was in the news when that happened. And I'll tell you what, there was some flashbacks as to, you know, the facility that I worked at and uh, seeing that on the news again, you know, 10 plus years, almost 15 years later was, it it was an eye opener. (laughs) So. Wow. Yeah. And that, that also is a really good point. Like using discernment and, you know, the holy wisdom that we have from God that, there's a difference between enlisting and wanting to serve to fight for our rights versus, you know, doing it out of sort of ignorant passion just to, you know, just to do it, knowing that we're, you know, basically signing our own death warrant um, because yeah. of the ignorance of the leadership. And that's, that is such a huge distinction. And, you know, God bless you for using that discernment because, you know, we need we need to use it very wisely. And it's it's so obvious that you and your wife, uh, you know, we're using that discernment. We're staying in faith. We're staying grounded in truth with a capital T, knowing, mm-hmm. um, you know, knowing the risks and, and realizing, you know, this is not a hill to die on. <laughs> Correct. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And and, and don't get me wrong. I I love my country. I you know make no mistake. I'm probably one of the most patriotic people that that you will that you will meet, especially out here. But there comes a time when you know if if I'm called if I feel that God is calling me to do something, no problem. I will I will gladly you know follow 
that direction. But uh, like you said, the discernment, and, and especially I, I have to give credit to my wife because, you know, she she really uh, made made an emphasis that it wasn't the right decision. <laughs> I love how, how nicely and gently you're putting it, even though I'm pretty sure there was, like, if you do this, like, don't expect to come back home kind of, you know, I'm, I'm envisioning. <laughs> I, 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 would, I would be taking but... full advantage of those uh, army barracks. <laughs> <laughs> yep, exactly. So, um, yep, happy wife, happy life. <laughs> but no, I mean, that that is testament to your character too because we – something that I see in a lot of my classmates because I was I was in seventh or eighth grade when nine eleven happened. I don't remember. <laughs> I remember exactly the room, but I had that room both years. So anyways, um when you know, when we graduated and some of my classmates could enlist they didn't have the discernment and it seemed like they felt they had no other choice to be able to defend our freedoms and and fight for liberty um, than to go halfway across the world. And yet we know that, like, with Pearl Harbor, like, we do need people right here, too, fighting for good, too. And, Absolutely. You know, like, I'll use myself as, as a perfect example. I am fully aware that I am not the kind of person who would have survived well in military life, in basic training, and any of that, like, my rebel with the cause spirit would have had me kicked out day one, like, (laughs) I would have, I would have rubbed some, you know, rubbed some people the wrong way, and (laughs) not done well, Um, and yet, I realized that that wasn't part of my purpose and my path, and part of my path is using this you know, relational communication background that I have to make connections with people to start start these conversations and start raising awareness in ways that I think we haven't really seen in a very long time because we have, because of our public education and, you know, mm-hmm. all of that work stuff, but also because we've just been so accustomed to watching and listening to the news and taking that at face or not at face value, but taking it as truth that, you know, there's definitely the cognitive dissonance. And I know those, that phrase has been really brought up since 2020 a lot, a lot more people understand what it is, what it means. And even though, even though I do still see a lot of people starting to wake up through all of the crap that's happened, even since 9-11, but especially since 2020, and mm-hmm. even though it's not happening fast enough, I still see that spark of hope that we have more and more people becoming on the sensors, and then those on the sensors are starting to come over to be awake, not woke, awake. <laughs> yeah. And that's where I feel like the hope is. You know, we we are living out our lives as examples of what living with freedom can really look like and Mm -hmm. the joy and the peace and the courage that comes with it and even courage like we watch hero movies all of the time and or these dystopian movies um 
and we want to see that hero succeed. We want to see, you know, um, the underdog overcome all these things. And when we start to see it happening in our communities in real life, those are the people we actually start to gravitate toward because there's yeah. something in yeah. them that we crave. And so the well, more we can – oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, you know, you mentioned underdog. I mean, uh, they they call America and, and, our, and our government – and and the way everything was formed, you know, the great experiment. I mean, America is the United States of America is the underdog, and has been. Yeah. Um, you know, we we paved a whole new um, way of doing government and and freedom and and everything. Our forefathers, I mean, man, uh, they they were they were definitely blessed and touched with with knowledge that I believe was uh, divinely given to them um, by God. You know. Um, and uh, to see what's happening today in regards to, you know, our, our core fundamental beliefs and foundation, is it's heartbreaking. It is. It is. Especially, like, when I think about Benjamin Franklin, for instance, writing his stupid letters, he started those when he was 16 years old. <laughs> and and, and yep. to realize that, like, that is how far we have come from what we are capable of. And mm-hmm. while, yes, it was an experiment in that it was a culmination of, um, you know, these all these different ideas, in mm-hmm. another way, it was, it was really the, really the culmination of seven to 800 years worth of history that these founders and framers they knew it and they studied and they, you know, they took it to heart and they recognized the the shortcomings and the downfalls of all of this history. And they realized we have to compile it into, you know, this thing so that we have the best chance at getting out of it and staying out of it. Mm-hmm. And I think if, if we were taught that kind of stuff in, in school growing up, I think we would be in a much different place. And that's, that's something I share just about every week on the show is, you know, get out of the public education system, get out of Absolutely. You know, public media and what they say is history, because that's why we have all of these agenda things. That's why we have these special interest group, you know, um, privileges is because we don't really know our true history. We're just we just know what's been fed to us. Well, and and I, I think that's a great point, and and you're absolutely right. But I think another thing is is I mean, America's the United States of America is not perfect. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I do believe that we are the greatest country in the world. Uh, I am biased when I say that, but at the same time, I mean. You know, biggest black eye that that'll that'll be brought up right now is you know, well, United States had slavery. Well, yes, but we're also one of the countries that I believe you know paved the 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 road in getting rid of slavery. Um, you know, with I mean, when you have a whole country that goes to, to war with itself, and slavery being one of the big factors of that, um, you know that that says something about the character of the country. Yeah, um, and even so, before that. I mean, even when they were um, doing the Declaration of Independence and working on the Constitution, um, even back then, the patriots 
were already against it, but there were so mm-hmm. many loyalists as well as influence from Britain who was the main pusher of the slave trade because they benefited from it and Parliament benefited that they had no choice. I mean, there's documentation that is that people tried to say can't be true, but it's very, very well documented that George Washington and um, oh, I can't think of the other one at the moment, but they both in their wills um, you know, freed their slaves. I believe George Washington partly was able to, but the other uh-huh. one in Virginia, it was um, you know, against the law to do that, but they both paid them and they did the best they could with what they had, but it was out of their hands. And it's, yeah. you know, when we start to realize those things too, um, even the three-fifths rule was not intended to perpetuate it. It was to protect the constitutional republic from democracy. And that's what so many people don't realize. Like, we don't actually want a democracy because yeah. it, it becomes mob rule. The majority yep. does yep. not then protect the minority. Um, and yeah, it's just when you start to dig into it, and that's why I love Chris Ann Hall so much. I don't know if you dug into her stuff at all, but um, her and her husband, JC, just they hit it out of the ballpark in terms of resources and education on this true history. And I'm don't tell my son, <laughs> but I'm getting him the Tello Twins history books for Christmas. Oh, um, he yeah. is not a big reader. But I'm I'm hopeful that I can find a way to still do this because, like Chris Ann Hall's bedtime stories for budding patriots book, he's really been digging into that. He's been asking me to pray with him a lot more lately. And as an eight-year-old of a sadly very contentious divorce, and you know, an other half of the family that went very far left. I'm doing the, uh-huh. my darndest to keep him grounded in truth, and it's starting to finally show results. I'm just, like, so thankful that, you know, he's starting to see truth and, you know, how all this agenda stuff, like, boys should not be dressing like girls kind of stuff. And I'm like, thank you, son. I'm so <laughs> glad you understand that. <laughs> but, yeah, it's back to Tuttle Twins, though. I'm... I'm grateful for them and what they're sharing because it, we need it palatable for all ages. And yep. I think it's a great resource. Oh, it was, it was great. My, I have a, um, a nine year old and uh, she, we watch total twins all the time. Nice. Um, watch and read. And uh, one of the first episodes um, that uh, she watched that she was able to pretty, pretty well grasp was uh, on, um, uh, inflation, uh, and you know the the story that they did was you know inflating um, carnival tickets and how printing more tickets you know makes the ticket prices go up and how many tickets you have to have to win prices and whatnot and it, it they do a very very good job about bringing it to a child level because you know yeah. you, you got to start in my opinion you got to start getting this stuff in, as as much as you can based on your child's age of course um, yeah. in front of them yeah because even if they don't go to the public school they're still being force fed 
everything about um, you know what what's happening in our country that's wrong, and oh, yeah. and to try to battle that is is it's it's getting hard, but people that put out things like the Tuttle Twins are doing a fantastic job. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of keep this on the down low in my in person circles, but I was volunteering at my son's school and. Um, I was volunteering in the media center, which is really their library. And the mm-hmm. librarian was having me put on those plastic covers on the hardcover books to protect them. And okay. there were, I mean, there was like a pile that was going to take more than two days of volunteering, but there were three books that I pretty much refused. I, I did it silently, but one was, um, they're very much agenda based, but one was definitely about, um, you know, two men getting married, and it was right on the cover. Um, and this is an elementary school, mind you. Another one, yep. Um, yep. it was animal characters, but this animal prince was very much, you know, dressing up in drag. And <laughs> I don't remember what the third one was, but I took pictures and sent them to um, the local group there that, you know, goes to school board meetings and all that stuff because I'm just like, Guys, this is our elementary school. It's insane. And I I agree. Um, Josh, can you share a little bit about where you watch um, the Tuttle Twins videos? So we we watch it on uh, Angel Studios. Um, I I'm a big proponent of what they're doing. they uh they're also the ones that put out um the sound of freedom which was a fantastic um show it was it was moving but it was very very well done um and i believe the with angel studios uh watching it and any donations that you do to angel studios goes directly to the developers of the different shows that you decide to um promote or or donate to that's awesome um is there is there like a subscription or anything to Angel Studios? Uh, no, actually, uh, Angel Studios uh, is pretty much free. Uh, what they do do is that uh, I think Tuttle Twins they're working on their second or third season uh, right now, and you have to you do have to be a pay some form of a paid subscriber to gain access to the newest content. Um, and you know that that goes for good reason. They okay. don't offer everything for free because we want our right. our good uh, freedom loving developers to be able to uh, make make a little bit of money to continue what they're doing. Uh, but I believe the first season and every now and then they give some teasers uh, that of uh, the newest stuff that's coming out. That's really good to know. Um, actually, as you were sharing that, I was going to the website so I could remember to to sign up because. Um, I know I had seen, I am so behind because I follow so many different things, um, that uh-huh. I, I knew Tuttle Twins had the videos out and everything, but I had not had time to try to dig that up. Um, so uh-huh. thank you for sharing that because that that is an amazing resource, especially as, you know, believers and parents. We want really solid um, and safe material for our kids to be digesting. And sadly, just doing the YouTube video scroll or, um, you know, even Netflix, these things are not safe for our kids. There's so much agenda just hidden in everything. Um, I 
And yeah, the prime example of that for, for us, uh, my daughter was watching an episode of one of the new Transformers animated series, and I figure, okay, it's, it's Transformers. How bad could it be, you know? Um, <laughs> and I was sitting there. I don't remember what I was doing, but I just happened to catch uh, just the start of a conversation where one of the Transformers was talking to a human and saying, you know, I am Bali something or other, or I don't know what my gender is, or my pronoun is they, oh. them, or some, some garbage like that. And I perked up and looked at the TV and listened to where it was going with everything, because I'm like, okay, maybe they'll battle against this. I doubt it, but maybe. <laughs> um, unfortunately, all it did was feed it, but it was just so subtle. I mean, they spent all of maybe 30 seconds on the scene and then moved on, and it wasn't addressed again, but... You know, right. it's just, it is so subtle and it happens so quick. Mm-hmm. I, I totally understand that, too. And sadly, because of, of my situation, I'm not able to truly protect my son from that stuff. So what I've kind of resorted to having to do is making sure that I'm the one who he watches things with, especially new things so that I can be having these conversations with him about, especially if I notice or if I realize that he notices it, which he's really perceptive, so he usually does catch it, um, that we can then have a conversation about it. Um, sure. Because that's, it's, it's the closest thing I can do, you know, otherwise I feel like I'm doing my son a disservice by pretending it's not happening. Um, uh-huh. So... Yeah, for the parents who can shield and protect their kids from that content, you know, I'm so grateful for you guys because you are, you're keeping their innocence, you know, and I'm not, I'm not one who's for babying children, you know, knowing that Benjamin Franklin did the Duca letters at age 16, like, I don't think we should be coddling and babying them and in the same breath, I do recognize we should be shielding them and protecting them from things that just are not theirs to be taking on at the age they're at. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, Josh, let me pause for our second commercial break, and after that, I want to hear more about um, about your ministry and, you know, kind of, I know you shared a little bit about the path in your in your journey that led you to PMAs, but kind of want to hear about more of that. So we'll pause really quick, and um, I want to hear more about that after our commercial break. Sounds good. Hello, Freedomizers. I am Broccoli Man. When I am not fighting crime, I listen to the Proof Negative radio show. I am the Wire not only do I forbid you to listen to Freedomizer Radio and the Proof Negative Radio Show, I am going to demand you wear a mask and get your naked body scan. We need to protect the one world government. You getting the real information hurts a crime syndicate. Do not listen to Proof Negative. You must now disrobe this instant so I can check your person for a constitutional cash money. Anyway, listen to Proof Negative on Freedomizer Radio. Weeknights 9 p.m. to midnight Eastern. 6 to 9 p.m. Pacific Time. Freedomizerradio.com You know what I think we should do? 
I think you should join us for Dynamic Word Bible Studies, where I am always hosting. My name is Felicia DeRozier, and I have two amazing co-hosts. Cross, the favorite. You wish. This is Mariah, the real favorite child. Oh, sure. <laughs> mm-hmm. We spend a lot of time learning about the Bible and possibly a little time learning about humility. That would be awesome, right? Yeah, Yeah, Ryan. We air live every Wednesday from 9 a.m. Pacific Standard Time to 10.30. Uh, Right now we're going through the Book of Romans, but we're going to start moving into the Gospel of John. We're going to learn about Jesus. We're going to learn about living and walking in the Spirit and learning to be a little humble with those that we live with. It's going to be a great time. I can't wait for you to join us. Right, guys? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) All right, we'll see you then. Bye. Bye. Global Government, The Mystery School, Agenda 23rd, Chemtrails and Geoengineering, Manufactured Disasters. We live in a time when awareness about current events and big media deception is critical to be prepared for the events that are rapidly descending upon us. This is Russ from Delivering the Truth and Exposing the Lies. Join Diana and me every Thursday night at 7.30 p.m. as we expose the truth big media keeps lying about. Herbal Medicine, the globalist real agenda, seen through the propaganda. Thursday nights at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Time. We'll see you there. Looking for something different? Looking for something fun? Join Dan every Monday on the Freedomizer Network, 9 to 10.30 Pacific, noon to 1.30 Eastern, for Common Sense with the educated redneck, Dan Ellison. The show about everything and nothing at all. All right, and we are back. I'm going to unmute Josh. And, oh, it's loading. All right, Josh, are you there? I'm here. Awesome. Sounds good. Glad to have you back for our third and final segment. And here I really want to dig deeper into what led you down the path of starting your own, um, you know, PMA ministry and, um, you know, what that means to you, what impact it's made, all that good stuff. And I know you've got um, information about your ministry available for our listeners. So I'm really going to let you kind of take the lead and take the reins on this one. And um, what I'd say is uh, we'll have the conversation and about, um, let's see, your time, that would be it's 4 o'clock for you, right? Uh, it's currently 2 o'clock. Oh, yep, 2 o'clock. I went the wrong way. (laughs) So um, I'd say about 2.25 your time. Um, That's when we'll start our wrap-up. And, yeah, so for the next about 20 minutes, let's just hear about about that journey for you. Okay. Um, So like I was, like I said during, uh, was it the first segment, um, was, uh, I, I used to work as a uh, supervisor for one of the Department of Energy's uh, nuclear uh, laboratories, and uh employer came out and said, you know, we're going to enforce the vaccine mandate you have until October 15th to get uh, to get uh, jabbed. 
And my uh, wife and I drew the line in the sand and said, nope, we're not going to do it. Uh, not necessarily just in fact of the matter against the job, but against just the freedom to be able to choose. Um, want to make that, that clear, that you have the right to be able to choose. That's what we believe. And um, I had been a uh, general contractor out in uh, – or owned a general contracting company out in California and decided, well, you know, there's a, there's a big need for, for – um, maintenance and handyman work out here, so that's what we were gonna. That's what we we're gonna do. And uh, so I was looking at how to how to structure the company because out in California we had you know a sole proprietorship, we had an LLC, we had a what was it an S corp, and we we're just trying to figure out the best way to go about that here. And I was talking to a local group here in town, um, freedom loving group, and somebody was talking to me. It's like, well, have you ever heard about structuring it as a PMA? And I'm like, I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> um, and so the the lady that I was talking to um, showed me some documents that she had just had written and everything and, and, and the, the benefits of it um, and whatnot. And so I reached out to, uh, I believe to you first, Amber, um, about getting uh, what all this PMA was about. Um, you and I had a couple of good conversations and, and you educating me on, on the basis of it. And um, so we, we decided, well, let's, let's go this route because it seems like it was the route that gave us the most freedom to do what we wanted with the least amount of government intervention. You mean um, you didn't ask permission from the government? <laughs> you know, I, it, it, it's strange being, being, a vet and everything, having gone through basic training, I, I have this 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 thing about control <laughs> uh, and, and and certain forms of authority. <laughs> and uh, so I I just things like uh, getting a business license was always so odd to me. Like it just I couldn't justify why uh, the government wanted it. You know what what was the purpose behind it? Um, and and in doing a PMA, obviously that's one thing that you you don't have to do. Um, and mm-hmm. so we yeah. we formed the uh, the PMA as a ministry, as an unincorporated church, um, because of a lot of what we wanted to do. We wanted to try to minister to uh, much of the the county here um, and and provide help. Uh, so not only do I do um, handyman services because I, I don't do anything under the name of a contractor because that's not a license or certification right. I, I carry anymore. Yeah. Um, I actually had to play a little bit of a, a game on words because in our state of New Mexico, even a handyman has to have a special license from the state. <laughs> um, so such control over words. It, I agree. I agree. Um, but in this town, um, it's it's very hard to get skilled labor, we'll call it, contractors or handyman or whatnot, up here because we're we're about oh thirty minutes from the nearest large town um, that has that kind of um, infrastructure, we'll call it. Um, so it's you know it's an hour round trip uh, plus for a crew to get up here to do a job. And for little jobs, it, it gets expensive. Oh, um, I bet. So I, I know uh, you have some experience in, in this kind of the field, but uh, 
one of the yeah. plumbing companies wanted to charge almost uh, fourteen to nineteen thousand dollars to replace a um, tankless water heater. What? And it's just, yeah, it it just, it's amazing the prices that people are are charging for stuff here, and so oh. there's some people that just can't afford that. No, um, I mean that's that's loan worthy. Yeah. I mean yes. <laughs> I've. I've bought a car for less than that. <laughs> Actually, <laughs> <Yes>. two. <laughs> wow. Yep. And yeah. so, um, you know, this was one of the ways that we wanted to try to minister to people is, is be able to provide services to people, with, you know, whether we know them or not. Um, there's been a couple people that um, I do a lot of uh, uh consulting so to speak with people and i'll just text them or message them on facebook uh, and they'll have you know little issues uh, had a customer the other day that couldn't figure out why his uh, hvac system was short cycling and i'm like well did you change your filter uh and he's like oh you need to do that i just moved here so this is a new concept <laughs> oh my goodness um, yes we did that one so much <laughs> yes <laughs> And it's things like that that you know I'm I'm happy to help and and try to do it for for no cost because I know what the what people are going to have to pay if they have to call somebody from the nearest town, and, and so that's that's that one aspect. So, yeah, especially for things that are so easy that a knowledgeable and I'm going to say that intentionally given the example you just gave, a knowledgeable <laughs> homeowner can do a lot of these things themselves, and so. Mm-hmm. You know, you're not doing anything that the average person is not capable of. It's just you have mastered these skills that are just so missing in the world today. And you're sharing, exactly. you know, that resource, um, yeah, to serve. That's that's beautiful. Sorry, I interrupted, but continue. <laughs> no, you're fine. You're you're absolutely right. Um, and one of the other things that we try to do is is education. Um, one one of the big things that I end up doing is as a as a maintenance skilled laborer here we'll we'll call it um, is fixing contractors' mistakes. Um, yeah. You know, people will 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 go for that contractor because they have that license and they have that number and they have that stamp from the government <laughs> yeah. saying yes, this person is is qualified. And mm-hmm. uh, most of the time, they're they're not, or their work doesn't doesn't show that they are. (laughs) Uh, We deal Um, with that too in our small community. Like, you know, oh, this, this company has is bigger. So that must mean they're better. And it's like, um, no, they're not even originally from the community. And yet you're given, you know, a non-local your business. And it's like, we've been here for 20 years now. And Uh yeah, it's just a family little thing, but yeah, we have fixed so many mistakes, and I love the emphasis on education because it's something that's been near and dear to my heart, so this really, like, you know, just makes me feel all the warm fuzzies, is mm-hmm. I've always wanted to implement in my local communities um, something like mini course day where, you know, seniors get to see different jobs. But uh-huh. instead, having um, something equivalent where seniors are taught, like, household maintenance things, like, or how to change their windshield wipers. I dated a guy in yes. college that literally could not even change his own wipers. He was that much of a city yep. boy. 
And I'm like, all right, this is over. <laughs> so I'm like, if you can't even do that, if you can't even fix a leaky faucet for yourself, like, yeah. or no, change your furnace filter. Um, you know, these are everyday things that they're even easier than budgeting. And budgeting, if you well, get done right, can be yes. easy. <laughs> yes. Well, and, and even a step further, it's it's amazing some of the clients that I will talk to, um, they're like, well, don't we need a contractor to do X, Y, and Z? I'm like, well, first off, um, unless there's a law that I'm not aware of, specifically in my state, um, you know, there, there's nothing that says that you as a homeowner can't do certain things to your house. You know, you, you want to change out a light fixture. You want to do certain things. That's, that's a, <laughs> right? a right and a freedom that we have. You, in theory, own your home, you know, and that doesn't mean yeah. that you have to go through and do certain things in a certain way. And, and oh, I could go off on, on a whole other tangent about why they make it that way, but. <laughs> right. Um, yeah, I was actually, I was actually going to go there because. You touch on a really good point that, yes, we're supposed to own our property, but the way most of the law or most of the contracts are written, all we do mm-hmm. is own the right to use the property. And so, Correct. you know, unless we go through the process of, and some people have varying opinions on this, I, I'm i leaning more toward that, yes, we should be doing this, but like things like land pens to truly get back yeah ownership of our property because no Absolutely. one else should be telling you what to do with your property and if that's the case something ain't right here <laughs> exactly um, exactly and so yeah but regardless yeah a lot of these things in most states i think plumbing is one of the few things that's the most heavily regulated in most states or all states um but yeah things like um plumbing electric- and electrical yes Yep. Electrical is, is right up there, too. I do tend to see that most states tend to be a little bit more relaxed on what you can do with electrical, like like you said, changing a fixture. Whereas, like, yep. wiring, you know, doing the actual, like, wiring in the walls and stuff, yeah, that's more heavily regulated. But, man, you're right. It's, we're, we're taught that we have given, you know, have to give up so much of this control and power. Yep. No, that that's that's one of our biggest goals is, you know, yes, it is kind of our 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 how we survive financially is is our handyman stuff. And we've done a large amount of work for people. There was a a house that we did almost a whole home remodel um, on his house and um, spent the majority of the summer on that project and um, ended up increasing the value of his house by almost about three hundred thousand dollars because of the work that we did. So. Um, he was, he was very, very happy, um, with that. Uh, so that's, that would be our, our biggest, um, ministry. And if anybody wants to, um, go and, and check out our website, um, it would be a safehavenhomestead.club. Um, we have a lot of resources on there because another branch of that ministry, um, we call it elite Patriot services is also the, um, the self-reliance or the prepping. I know you touched on that very briefly during your introduction, um, but it, that's, a, that's a topic that's near and dear to my heart um, with just getting back to basics. Um, 
I was work when I was working with the uh, protective force at the laboratory. I was putting in I don't know almost 80 hours a week in a matter of six days. Um, it was it was ridiculous um, the amount of hours that they were having us work. Um, and a lot of it was over COVID, so you know people were in and out um, due to being sick and whatnot, and right. short staffed and, and all of that. But getting that once once we were let go, um, I had been preparing a little bit beforehand, and we had some of our our food stores that we were able to tap into a little bit while we were trying to figure out financially what we were going to do. You know. Um, Unemployment wasn't an option for us because I technically wasn't fired. I was just put on a um, un, unknown length of um, administrative leave. <laughs> so we basically, oh yes. So, but I, I truly believe that um, America as a whole needs to get back to uh, becoming more reliant on yourself and less reliant on the government to save you in the event that something happens. Um, and so yeah. we have a, a huge focus on, on that as well. Um, and then that with that also that – oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I was no, going to piggyback oh. on that, we also um, were a huge advocate for uh, homeschooling. Um, and so in light of everything that was happening during COVID where kids were doing school at home and parents got more involved mm-hmm. or were more um, – um, had more control over what their kids were, were seeing and doing when they were doing their school at home, a lot of parents were just dumbfounded over, you know, the, the education or supposed education that their kids were getting and so there was a huge exodus um, for a lot of people wanting to look into homeschooling. Um, and so what we've done is we've kind of helped a lot of fam- some families out. Um, my wife is, is real good about um, finding used curriculum, um, which that's one of the biggest expenses of homeschooling is, is the curriculum. Yeah, it is. And so we've we've sto- started stockpiling, so to speak, and loaning out curriculums to people that are um, that are just getting started. Just something to to put in their hands and be like, hey, just try this. If you don't like it, that's fine, because we're we're also big advocates for um, unschooling. Uh, when you first pull your kids out of public school, you know, going through the process of getting out of that structured way of of thinking. Right. Um, because home, homeschooling is so free uh, in, in a lot of states. Some states, obviously, more than others. Um, but for the most part, you know, you have a lot of flexibility. And so it's just a matter of exposing you to what, uh, what those kinds of um, curriculums look like and, and, and what's being required of you and your, uh, your children and whatnot. Um, my wife tends to do more of that than I do. Um, I'm just a huge... Uh, uh, bullhorn for the fact that we need to pull as many kids as we can out of the public school system because, yeah. in my opinion, it's poisoning more so than enriching our kids. Mm-hmm. Have you seen, um, and there's two things I want to ask, have you seen um, the third God's Not Dead, We the People? Uh, yes. <laughs> oh. Yes, I, I I loved his uh, his soapbox um, in one of his speeches to one of the the government um, bodies that uh, I, I think a lot of govern government bodies need to realize is is they work for us. You work yes. for us. 
<laughs> yep, it's like the final big scene, and I won't give too much away, but yes, that is like so epic. It it brings chills, it brings tears. I'm just, it's like that righteous anger kind of thing that's just so powerful. Yes. Um, yep. And then, have you seen on? I have it on Pure Flix. So, have you seen the Homeschool Awakening with uh, Kirk Cameron? I have not. Um, I've watched a lot of Kirk Cameron stuff, but I've never heard of that one. What was the name of it again? It's called The Homeschool Awakening. It's okay. a little bit more documentary style, and it kind of follows people's. I don't really want to say follows. But he's sort of like interviewing people on sort of their transition into the homeschooling world, um, the concerns they had, especially post-COVID, um, the concerns they had with becoming a homeschool parent, the challenges with, um, you know, just making it happen, and then uh-huh. the blessings that they experienced because of it. Um, for people who are on the fence, it is an amazing resource, I feel like, because it really shows that these everyday people who have their kids in public school and realize the crap that's going on, they found a way to make it work. And the fruit that has come from that has been amazing. So I just wanted to recommend that. Absolutely. Yeah. That's the biggest thing that we run into is, is, you know, you get, you talk to a family of, of two working parents and it's like, yes, it is a, it is a struggle or it can be a struggle, but I truly believe that the end payoff of being able to have that control over your child's upbringing is, is important. I mean, again, remember, God entrusted your kids to you. He didn't entrust the kids yes. to you to then put them in a, you know, long-term everyday daycare. I mean, your kids spend more time mm-hmm. at school than they do with you, the parent. So, and you know, it's... It, our- do not belong to the government. Our kids belong to us. <laughs> Correct. Correct. Yep. But yep. again, if you if you look, I mean, the way that some of our leaders are, are going and trying to enforce this this socialism or uh, um, uh, yeah, the socialism agenda, you know, it, it takes time and it takes years for them to to um, get us attuned to that. And the schools is where they're going to start. Um, which is why, again, I'm a huge advocate. So if you go to our website, we have one of our other ministries. It's called Safe Haven Academy. And it's more of a consulting rather than an actual um, school. Um, like, I've, like I've been sharing, you know, kind of giving yeah. giving parents resources because yeah. you, you're just – Empowering them now, to do it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it, there's just so much out there now. Um, fortunately, You're, compared to when I was a kid, I was I was raised homeschooled, um, and I know that the you. amount of resources that are out now are are huge. And so we have a lot of links and and resources um, for people, um, even to the point of if you have um, kids that want to get involved in scouts, um, you know, Boy Scouts and Girl Scouts aren't what they used to be. So. You know, new not even new organizations, just alternative organizations like Trail Life USA and American Heritage Girls. Um, I only have girls, so um, right. yeah, we were involved in, in the American Heritage Girls Troop, and it is it is amazing to see what what is instilled in our kids to still be able to get that uh, that kind of experience. Yeah, I have a couple of friends who have their girls in American Heritage Girls, and. I've seen the things that these kids do and it's what 
I mean, obviously there's the boys version um, instead of Boy Scouts, but I am seeing just the wholesomeness coming back into these programs for kids mm-hmm. that, like, when we were in high school, because we're both millennials, so when we were in high school, we were, it was really starting to truly shift into this um, stuff, but it was just, it's a slow drip, you know, that yes. it's been happening for so long and such a steady flow until more recently where it's really started to just pour out the nonsense that it was easy to, you know, ignore. It was easy to see past um, or easy to say, oh, well, it doesn't impact me. You know, I'm not going to bother making a feel of it. And that's amazing having those resources. And actually, I'm going to make a note here because I have an additional resource um, that I think you should have for your people. So, um, okay. Yeah, it's it's specifically for parents opting their kids out of that system. So, um, so yeah, I'll make sure to get that over to you. Um, something and the else thing that I do is is, is yep. homeschooling has been around a lot longer than public school. <laughs> right? Um, it's not. It is not a new concept. I mean, it may be new to a lot of us, but it has been around for centuries compared to public school. Yes. Yep. And something I like to really point out is, and I don't remember his title. I don't even remember the dude's name. um, But basically, like, the founder of the Department of Education, like, a century ago or or more. um, Uh And I should find his name in the direct quote. But I'll paraphrase. He was literally quoted saying that this education system is not designed to create innovators and creators and um, philosophers, it was designed to create compliant workers. That yep. is, I don't swear on this show, but that is BS. <laughs> sure, sure. And I, I agree. I think if that piece alone, I think if people knew that fact, they would never trust that system. Now, I get it. It's a different story, like you said. Like, it's, it's hard having you know, working parents try to make this transition. And I love people who are in the homeschooling communities sharing that, you know, homeschooling is not a privilege. It's about integrity and ethics. And it's about making mm-hmm. a conscious and often difficult choice. It is not for the privilege. It's for those who have integrity and ethics. Um, yes. And I love that so much because, like, you know, I have custody stuff, but, like, since before my son was born, I've wanted to homeschool. I was going to make it work no matter what. And I'm still willing to if I ever get that opportunity. Um, You know, and that's the beauty of getting to work from home. Um, Yep. You know, I thankfully grew up with two entrepreneurial parents who kind of got to make their own schedules, both very service-based. So sometimes, you know, we'd have to work when other people were, you know, vacationing and having fun but on the flip side on a random Tuesday afternoon we could go to the movies you know in the summer and everyone else would be at work we'd have the whole theater to ourselves um, or go to the beach and um, so yeah it's it's a mindset shift but it's a very conscious choice there are sacrifices but the payout is so it's more than worth it I agree 
So if anybody wants to um, follow uh, or check out our website again, that's www.safehavenhomestead.club. We're also on Facebook. Um, It's just facebook.com slash safehavenhomestead21. And then we've started dipping into Patreon. If anybody wants to take a look there, I'm going to be getting into some um, self-reliance videos and whatnot. Uh, It's patreon.com slash safehavenhomestead. Awesome. I'm so glad you're doing that, too, because having someone who gets all of these aspects of freedom and liberty, um, it's such a beautiful thing to see people like you sharing this information. So um, thank you so much for sharing all of this stuff. And thank you for joining me today. I hope the listeners really get empowered and inspired by what you had to share about, you know, your journey and that you've really had one heck of a journey that's covered a lot of different things. It's like people like us often tend to feel like we've lived nine lives because of the extremely <laughs> random things that we've been through that feel yes. so disappointed. And yet once you start getting into your God-given purpose, it like we use all of it to help and serve. It's just a beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, all right, I'm going to quick do my wrap-up. i got less than a minute here. So thank you so much, Josh, for joining. I'm going to um, mute you quick so I can do the wrap-up. Thank you. Yep, thank you. All right, guys, we got to hear what Josh's pick was for our holiday of the day. We got to hear what his take is on living a life of freedom and his amazing and incredible journey. So this has been episode 22 of the Living with Freedom show. I'm your host, Amber S. from Living with Freedom Ministries, and thank you so much for tuning in today. Remember to schedule this show in your calendar every Tuesday from 2 to 3.30 Central, noon to 1.30 Pacific. Thanks again, and we'll see you next week where we continue to explore what living a life of freedom looks like physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, and in every aspect of life.